One Nash icon, Picayune, New Orleans. Good morning, and welcome to the 29th year of the Three Tailgaters Show on 106.1 FM Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. The Three Tailgaters Show is presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. The Three Tailgaters Show is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics, and by Francesca's by Katie's in New Orleans, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. The Three Tailgaters are also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln, by LifeGate Church in Metairie, Bergeron Automotive in Metairie, by Premier Automotive with locations throughout the New Orleans area, Segnet Landing Restaurant and Swamp Tours in West Wego, Petri Transport Services, John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge, Life Resources Ministries, and by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Promotional consideration is provided by Central City Barbecue on South Rampart Street, Venezia Restaurant on North Carrollton Avenue, Two Tony's Restaurant at West End, Port of View Restaurant in Metairie, Reginelli's Pizzeria with locations throughout the metro area, Yield College Inn on Carrollton Avenue, Messina's at the Terminal and Runway Cafe at Lakefront Airport, by Copeland's of New Orleans and Kenner, Desi Vegas Seafood and Steakhouse in Metairie, Chateau Cafe with locations in New Orleans and Kenner, Moe's Pizza in West Wego, Hooters Restaurants in Metairie and Gretna, Gio's Pizza and Spaghetti House in Metairie, Hobnobber Cafe in Metairie, Fat Boy's Pizza on Metairie Road, by Mike Sirio's Po' Boys in Delhi on St. Charles Avenue, by That's Amore Pizzeria in Metairie, Bears Po' Boys on Causeway Boulevard at Metairie Road, and by Sunray Grill on Belchase Highway in Gretna. Now here are your hosts of the Three Tailgaters Show, Ed Daniels, Sports Director of WGNO and WNOL, CrescentCitySports.com and the Clarion Herald, and Cumulus Radio New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, the Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club, Life Resources Ministries, and Delgado Baseball. And a pleasant good morning and welcome to another edition of the Three Tailgaters Show here on Nash Icon 106.1 FM and at NashFM1061.com. Our tuning app is available for you anywhere in the world via iHeart. You can check us out at home via Alexa. Just tell it to play WRKN or Nash Icon 106.1 FM. You can also email me, Ken at CrestedCitySports.com or email Ed at Ed at WGNO.com. You can always check out our podcast via CrescentCitySports.com. Just click on podcast in the left-hand column to be able to do so. And you can call the show at 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061. I'm at Kirsch Rooney Stadium where we have a doubleheader today between Delgado and Southwest Mississippi Community College. Starts at noon. We'll have the live video stream for you at DelgadoAthletics.com. Coming up at noon, Delgado and Southwest Mississippi Community College. While I'm watching baseball here, Mr. Ed Daniels is watching baseball today as well. Of course, of CrescentCitySports.com, the Clarion Hill, 106.1 FM, WGNO Sports, and the WGNO Classic going on. Ed, how are you? You doing okay? I'm doing fine. How are you doing? Doing great. They just had the anthem here at uh, St. Charles Catholic, and uh, Brady St. Pierre's on the mound. Rumble and St. Charles Catholic getting ready to play baseball. Nice crowd here today. Of course, this, uh, both schools are always very, very well supported. And, of course, St. Charles Catholic being at home. It, I mean, when they play baseball here, it's an event. And uh, they got the barbecue out. And 
I may indulge here a little bit later. There you go, buddy. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, great place to watch baseball in Laplace, and, and that's a good game you've got with Rummel and St. Charles Catholic. I'm sure you'll enjoy that too. So, hey, WGNO Classic, what? How many years running now for you? I think this is 12, Kenny. Yeah, but who's counting, right? <laughs> I mean, you while, know, look, huh? it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a rite of spring for us, and we're excited about it, and we're excited about the future, and, you know, yeah. we want, uh, just like anything else we do, we want the kids to have a great experience. Excellent. Well, I'm sure it's gone well thus far and enjoying the entire aspect of it. Did the Rumble Shaw game earlier this week and, and I was well supported too. So all good. And, you know, baseball that time of the year, it's, it's a lot of fun watching everything happen. And of course, as mentioned, I'm out here at Kershaw where you got a lot of high school baseball all the time, you know, basically the home of high school baseball in the metro area. And Jesuit having to play home games here this year too because of John Ryan being shut down with their field problems. So all good. And as I mentioned, the Dolphins here playing Southwest Community College today. So busy day and love baseball. It's always good that time of the year, isn't it? Yeah, it's great, Kenny. And I'll tell you what, the weather today, I don't know if you can ask for a better weather day in late February. Not a cloud in the sky. It's warming up. they got a nice little breeze. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a beautiful, beautiful day. I mean, you know, there's going to be so many people out this weekend, and it, this is a this is a great place to watch a baseball game. Fields manicured, and this is it's just a beautiful place to watch a game. I'm with you. Uh, also, want to mention here on 106.1 FM later today at 3:30 this afternoon, we'll have basketball for you. The UNO Privateers taking on Southeastern Louisiana at uh, University Center in Hammond. So that one's coming up this afternoon at about 3:30 p.m. Pre-game at about 3:15 here for Southeastern and. The University of New Orleans, always a pleasure to bring that to you. Since we're mentioning baseball, Ed, uh, in the first segment, LSU took its first loss yesterday. Stony Brook, Stony Brook. There's, a his- there's a history there. They- they've done that to LSU before, haven't they? Yeah, they have. And, you know, I-, I think what's concerning, you know, if you're Jay Johnson, is that, you know, Thatcher Hurts, after two starts, has a nine earned run average. You know, whatever yep. whatever's-, whatever's going on there, I don't know what's going on there, Kenny, because – you know, I'm, you're trying to watch a game and do ten other things while you're watching it. But I, yeah. you know, maybe it's mechanics. I don't. I don't know what the deal is. But they're really counting on him. And if he doesn't pitch well at the top of the rotation, you know, they're gonna. They're it's it's you know last year when they had teams. I mean, they were they were 85, 90 percent to win that first game of the series, and they yeah. got to get her going. Well, they got to get him going, or they've got to they got to make a change because. They've got pitching depth. I mean, that's pretty clear. And, boy, it sure was encouraging seeing Kate Anderson throw no the ball where he threw it first time. They've got options. So if Thatcher Hurd doesn't pick up his game sometime soon, I'm sure Jay Johnson will, will make amends because you can't have your best pitcher pitching from behind uh, on back-to-back outings and, and, and just not being able to stem the tide in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, Kate, Kate Anderson, yeah. Kenny, I know he had three walks, but – the six strikeouts, and, you know, we've, we've both seen him pitch in high school. I mean, he's got swing and miss stuff, okay? And, um, you know, being a left-hander with swing and miss stuff, at some point he might force himself into that rotation. Yeah, that's my thinking about what he's capable of doing, having done several of his high school games. University of New Orleans won their game with Evansville 10-8 last night. So the Profiteers get to 3-2. and two. They've got Evansville again today at 2 p.m., at Maestri Field. Look, you can tell what time of year it is 
on the lakefront, Ed. You, you know what time, time of year it is, okay? Here's what I mean by that. You know, first game they played this year at home, it took 12 runs to win it. Third game, it took eight runs. Fourth game, it took 15 runs. Last night, it took 10 runs. You know sure. which way the wind's blowing uh, at sure. Frontier Park this early in the season. And yeah. you better no score doubt. a bunch of runs, right? Yeah, and it becomes a different park later in the season, without question. But, you know, without doubt. Uh, you, know, um, you know, and, of course, Tulane lost to, to, to Irvine. All, yeah, all, bring that all up next. five runs in, in one inning. And, of course, you know, they, they got four hit, hit batters, you know. So it's just yeah, crazy. I mean, can't play that way. You know, they had, had an encouraging win over Nichols, a very good win over a good team. And obviously, you know, that was uh, not the case last night. Irvine's a good program, but that's a tough loss to lose by a run 5-4 uh, in yeah, that particular and the, game. And the thing, the thing that's concerning, too, Kenny, is that, you know, Psalm has not been good. I mean, the first, the first two games, he's really struggled with his control. And, you know, he'll get people to swing and miss, but... Uh, here's a guy who is who is making the 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 jump. I don't know if it's a jump, but he's making the change from a from a, a guy who's a very good reliever to mm-hmm. a to a uh, a Friday night starter. And you know, I don't know. Kenny. I mean, at some point, you might have to say, "Hey, you know, maybe maybe that's where you belong." But you know, I don't. That's Coach Allman's call. But he hasn't pitched well yeah. in the first two games. Well, he walked three and hit two. I mean, he gave up no hits, but. You know, when right. you walk three and hit two in three innings, you give up three runs. That's if you don't well, throw strikes, same, you don't have a chance. You know that's the, that's the same thing that happened in the opening game. If you look at the game against uh, Northwestern, I mean, he put mm-hmm. he put he put two or three guys on base, and then he gets hit gets beat with a bleeder down the left field line because he's pitching to a left hander, and the left fielder's pulled over uh, into the gap, and then the guys that excuse me swing down the line, it drops him, and two runs score. And all of a sudden, he's behind the eight ball. That's what happens when you put guys on base. Without a doubt. And, you know, when you look at the way things are going, T.O. Banks is off to a very slow start. I mean, he's hitting 100. He's two for 20 right now. And, of course, he's a preseason player of the year. So that's a, that's a, that's a guy you know is going to hit. He's going to pick it up. Got to be better than that. Connor Rasmussen, Brady Marguette, uh, Michael Lombardi, and then Brock Slayton have swung the bat well. Of course, Brock. Brock was here at Delgado last year and a, a good left-handed hitter, so he had two hits right. last night. So I think their hitting's a little better, and Banks will right. come around. But it's going to be all about pitching, obviously. Yeah, well, you know, uh, Rasmussen's hit two home runs, and um, he, he's, a, he's a good-looking hitter. You know, but they've got to they've got to get Banks going. He had a good RBI hit the other night when when he stayed on the ball that was on the outside corner of the plate, drove it in the right field for for an RBI hit. But I mean, you got to get him going two for twenty. And look, I. You know, I don't know if the guy's a notoriously slow starter or not. I know what he does in May. I mean, what he did, what he did at the end of last season was pretty special. But um, you know, that—that's what happens early in the year. I mean, it, and you got it—you got to get your best guys going. He's when he's on base and he's driving in runs and he's in the middle of that order. Uh, they can score. If not, they're going to struggle. Meanwhile, I, I must have been the curse or something because I did a nice story on. Jeremy Kennedy's Loyola Club, they were 10-0 and 0, uh, going into yesterday. Uh, off to an incredible start, but they lost a doubleheader to Point University at Signet Field, 7-5 and 6-2. They're still 10-2 and 2 on the season and playing very good baseball, but they'd gotten off to a great start, and that was unfortunate that they, they dropped a pair yesterday. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, look, bad luck to a good hunting dog, right? That's me. So, 
You got it. I, I'm sure I did it too. I'll take the blame. So sure. I'll I'll take the blame. No problem. So uh, yeah. Well, I'm here at the game. I'm watching. Uh, Mikey Ryan walk. Uh, was got to second, and uh, Saint Pierre struck out the uh, the cleanup hitter, and then uh, so it's it's Rummel with no score in the top of the first, and uh, Saint Charles Catholic Jackson Monica sticks in the bat for the Comets. Yeah, they played uh, like a nine ten inning game last year there. Those two schools, so uh, so wouldn't surprise me if it was that type of game. Again, uh, Nunez uh, split a doubleheader with Mississippi Gulf Coast uh, College yesterday. Uh, as uh, Mississippi Gulf Coast won nine seven, Nunez won eleven to ten in that game, and and Nunez playing again today, so they're back in action today against Mississippi Gulf Coast, and of course here at Kirsch Rooney Stadium, as I mentioned, Delgado taking on Southwest Mississippi Community College. Doubleheader starts at noon, and Southwest Mississippi is eight and seven, Delgado six and four, and again you can watch it live at DelgadoAthletics.com. Uh, with uh, the play-by-play beginning at about 11.53 or so, right up in there. So we'll have that for you here as well. So baseball full swing. And then, of course, you know, spring training games have started in Major League Baseball. I know you're thrilled about that, too. You know, somebody was telling me about it yesterday, you know, one, of, one of the Cub fans in the office. You know, I, yeah. I didn't pay much attention to him because I, I try not to pay much attention to the Cubs. And, um, you know, but I'm, I'm excited about spring training, making plans to go up to St. Louis this summer. Oh, I've already picked my uh, dates, so uh, me so too. There you go. I've got I've got one in particular. Yep. All right, mine's going to be as usual, close to the end of July. But going to going to try to get there uh, when the Nationals are there to go see my my good friend Jim Hickey, so uh, and have a chance to to uh, renew acquaintances with a great guy, a great pitching coach. So hopefully, we'll be able to pull that off, and I suspect they'll be better. I guess the question. Right now is can anybody beat the Los Angeles Dodgers? Right. Well, I mean, you know, look, look, they're they're dealing in a different realm than everybody else when it comes to financing. You know, I I just like to, I I like to see the the, the Cardinals get one more pitcher. You know, I, I just I'd like to see that happen. Blake Snell would be good at this point, but he's a Boris candidate, uh, uh, representative, client, yeah, client, and. Uh, you know, so I don't put much hope into that, but it'd be great if the Cardinals got him. Well, look at the rest of baseball and look at who who the teams are that figure to be right there near the top. Of course, the Rangers are defending champions, so you know they're going to be good again this year regardless. Uh, and certainly the Astros will be good again. You know that. And they always are. They'll be very good again this year. you got to figure the Yankees will be pretty good. The Orioles are obviously a good team. Toronto's a good team. That whole division is crazy good, except for Boston, probably, uh, in that division. And then, you know, on the other side of the ledger, in the National League, the Phillies will be good. You know that. The Braves will be really good. We know that. And just thinking out loud here, uh, who else? Anybody else that sticks out in your mind that you that you think is worth watching? No, I mean, I mean, I think the National League's tough. You know, it's going to be, um, you know, but look, I think the Cardinals are uh, – are set up where they're going to be a lot better. I mean, they can't pitch any worse than they did last year. And they've got a, a lot of good young players in their system. And, you know, look, if, if they won the division, they won 88, 90 games and won the division, that'd be a great turnaround. That'd be a great season. But, you know, I, at, at some point here, you know, they, they may have to decide whether they're going to spend some money or not. Uh, I know they spent it on Sonny Gray. That was a great uh, pickup. And, 
mm-hmm. you know, Gibson and, and Lance Lynn can eat innings for you, but I still think they're a pitcher short. Yeah, but of course, as mentioned on the high school level, games underway, not only the WGNO class, but games going on everywhere, and and good baseball is always good teams uh, to to check out throughout our community, and you've got you got a few there. St. Charles Catholic always has good players. Uh, Rummel has quite a few college commits. You mentioned Mikey Ryan and LSU commit. They've got Giancarlo Aaron Sebia and Evan Berger with Tulane commits, and Gavin Nix, who's a Louisiana Tech commit, on that team. So uh, a lot of a lot of good players. I know that you know Mandeville's got a good team again. You know, Brother Martin's a good good baseball team. Uh, there's, there's a lot of good teams. There, there always are. Love high yeah. school baseball and love it in this area too. Well, St. Charles Catholic got the first two guys on with hits and hit to right and then a hit and run. And uh, the second baseman wasn't there and the ball was blooped uh, just outside of the infield. So that made it first and second and they just ran a double steal. So St. Charles Catholic has uh, runners on second and third, nobody out. Yeah, I don't know who's pitching for, uh, for Rummel, but they've played. They're all playing a lot of games right now. They've used about five pitchers in two or three days here. But... Uh, but, you know, you go there, you better be at your very best to beat that team. And look, I mean, it's uh, Wayne Stein did such an incredible job over an extended period of time. People are like, well, I don't know how it's going to go now with him not there. But rest assured, Ty Monica's good, and they'll, they'll be good mm-hmm. again. That's just an excellent program. Well, Kenny, Kenny, Wayne Stein's in the dugout, and I've been told not to talk about this, but there is a development there. So, okay, gotcha. Uh, um, Wayne, Wayne Stein is in the dugout. He is coaching baseball again. Gotcha. And, and he will be coaching – uh, this season, and uh, that's that's what I've been asked to say. And okay, there's nothing there's nothing nefarious or bad going on. I don't want anybody to think that. But Wayne Stein is coaching this year, and yeah. um, and I think he's going to be the coach here for the for the foreseeable future. Well, uh, he's he's as good as it gets. I'm not sure there's anybody better. And of course, I can say the same thing about football. <laughs> That's remarkable. Well, I mean, when you when you think about it, if they if they win the state championship this year, you know they they came within what a, a foot of, of of running out the clock in that uh, yeah. in that football championship game, and that would have been yep. three in a row in football and three in a row in baseball, and that's 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 absolutely unheard of. All they needed to do is make a first down, you know, and the game's over. They couldn't quite convert. And you know, St. James had a similar situation in football, and both came up just short as a result. But, yep, great coach, uh, great programs across the board. And, of course, we'll have high school games on CrescentCitySports.com as always. We've already done a game here on 106.1 FM with Shaw Rummel last week, and we'll have a few of those as well this year. So we love bringing high school baseball. And, of course, you'll have coverage on WGNO. So we love being able to do that. And especially love it when you get weather days like today. It's awesome, isn't it? Oh, it's awesome. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a beautiful day to be out here. I told Coach Stein I was coming out today and I was going to bring him a dozen donuts. And I brought him a dozen glazed donuts that are sitting in the uh, in the dugout waiting for him after the game. And uh, excited to see uh, Rommel out here. Coach Cazzo does a great job. And these are two really good programs. And uh, these are these are fun games to watch. All right. He's Ed. I'm Ken. It's the Three Tailgaters Show. It's 504 260 1061. That's 504 260 1061 to join in the conversation. Much to come. We'll talk about the Saints, the NFL, obviously. We'll talk about college basketball extensively, of course, in the NBA. Uh, not only was it was kind of a triple whammy for the Pelicans last night a key injury, uh, a fiasco, a brawl, if you will, that's going to cost players games. 
and then a loss of a game. We'll talk about that and much more when we continue. Glad you're with us on this Saturday morning. The Three Tailgaters Show. Rudy Dixon, our producer, and we're back in just a moment here on Nash Icon 106.1 FM and at NashFM1061.com. Life Resources Ministries exists for showing men the way, building men to spiritual maturity, and preparing God's people for service. Life Resources Ministries has Bible studies in person and via Skype throughout the metro area, along with outreaches weekly on Wednesdays at Piccadilly Cafeteria on Clearview Parkway in Metairie. There are business forums and fellowship meetings as well. Life Resources also puts on major outreach prep breakfasts with national speakers up to four to five times per year. Visit us online at liferesources.net. Life Resources Ministries, leaders investing for eternity. If you want to be treated right, you go to Bergeron. Bergeron will give you the best deal. You just know you can trust these people. They're from here. They get me. You know, buying a car doesn't have to be a scary experience. It's anything but a Bergeron. Everybody knows that. Everybody. I grew up with a Bergeron. I went to school with a Bergeron. This is the fourth car I've bought from here. That makes me a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a bourgeois. Get out of here. I'm a Bergeron. Everybody knows a Bergeron. Bergeron Automotive on Veterans in Metairie. For 54 years, privateer student-athletes have proudly worn New Orleans across their chest. Just like our city, our sports teams have been fueled by resiliency and the unquenchable desire to win. We need your help in aiding our student-athletes, teams, and university on its quest to make New Orleans proud. We invite you to enjoin NOLA's team. We are your crew, the only university representing New Orleans all day, every day. Join us at UNOPrivateers.com. Just tuning in? We're just getting started with the Three Tailgaters Show on 106.1 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com. What are you waiting for? All are welcome by calling 504-260-1061 to talk all sports all the time. Now back to Ken Trahan and Ed Daniels. Welcome back to the show. Ken Trahan and Daniels with you. Three Tailgater Show continues here on 106.1 FM Nash Icon and Nash FM 1061.com. It was not a good night for the New Orleans Pelicans last night. At home, lost to Miami 106-95. But that was really the, the subplot of the story. First things first, Brandon Ingram missed another game with an illness, which is disappointing coming out of the All-Star break. That's two in a row. Then in the second quarter, C.J. McCollum was injured, and C.J. did not return, ankle injury, and with a game tomorrow night, that's not good. Then, of course, you get to early in the fourth quarter, and Zion Williamson comes up with a steal and tries to lay one up, and he gets taken down by Kevin Love, and Najee Marshall jumps in immediately. Him and Jimmy Butler end up grabbing each other, basically by the neck. Uh, and then, of course, you have a, a later fracas on the side taking place with Bryant of of the 
Miami Heat and Jose Alvarado, and punchers appeared to be thrown. So as a result, you had four ejections, but and then the game went the other way. 11-0 run for Miami. They win the game by 11. More importantly now, McCollum, ankle injury, probably not going to play. Ingram, sick, who knows. And now you've got two key players in your rotation. And Marshall and Alvarado, you got to believe the league's going to take action with likely suspensions coming. So uh, this was a bad night period for the Pelicans, Ed. Well, it wasn't a good night. The one thing, you, you know, you, I, I was just glad that, you know, Marshall didn't throw a punch at Butler. I mean, it would have been a lot worse. I think he's yeah. going to get a game game or two, but I don't think it's going to be anything uh, after that. And, and then Alvarado and the other guy, I you know, I, I didn't really have a good look at that. I don't think they showed a really good replay of that either because they were all uh, zeroed in on the other thing. But, you know, Kenny, for whatever reason, this team cannot beat Miami. I mean, they just they haven't beat them since 2020. Seven, seven in a row. In a row. Yeah, and, you know, they just – you know, but Miami, Miami plays tough, man. They, they've, they've got, they know how to win. I mean, they've been to the NBA Finals. That's the kind of team they are, and they've got good players. And, and you know, the thing about it is, is, you know, you figured you'd have an advantage when Butler left the game early in the fourth quarter, but Ida Bio went crazy. So they've, they've got a nice team, and they know how to play the game. And, uh, you know, if you're going to beat them, you're going to have to outscrap them because that's what they do. Yeah, they, they make you play dirty, make you play tough. And look, I mean, last night was one of those games where it was winnable. They got to even at halftime. They were close into the fourth quarter and just couldn't finish. And when you look at the game overall, now there's a few things that stick out in my mind. Uh, the first one has to, be, has to be a concern because Trey Murphy's just not having a good year. Ed. I mean, it's that simple. I mean, he's shooting 34.7% from three-point range, and he's your best shooter. He shot he shot 40.7% last year from three-point range. So you talk about right. being down. He's down markedly. Last yeah. night he was one for seven from three, two for 12 from the field after the previous night when he shot the ball very poorly as well. And it's even more accentuated because he's in the starting lineup with Ingram being out, and you just can't possibly survive that. On top of that, the team shot 21.9% from three-point range, seven for 32 McCollum, you know, did not make one before he got hurt. And, you know, and Hawkins, Jordan Hawkins made three, but he was three for 12 from three-point range. So the Pelicans won the battle of points in the paint. They won the battle of turnovers. They won the battle of rebounds, but they lost because they were outscored uh, from three-point range, you know, 39-21. And there's your ball game right there. Yeah, well, I don't I don't know what's going on with Trey Murphy because, you know what, he shoots a ton of them, Kenny. I mean, he just... I practice when we're allowed in. He's shooting and shooting and shooting. So, I mean, you know, he's working on his craft. I mean, he's he's a he's a guy who understands why, one of the reasons why he's in the NBA is because of that shot. But you know, it's like I, I don't know. I mean, it's the same thing with C.J. McCollum. I mean, he's he's had a very good year. He was forty-two point one coming into last year or, or coming into the last night's game. I mean, yes, he's, he was he's, best. He's, he was he's been incredible. I, I mean, that matched a, a career high. And one of the things he said this week is that, you know, he would be, you know, he would have shot that last year if it wasn't for the injuries uh, to his hand and to his shoulder that, that were bugging him all year. But uh, I don't know, man. I'll tell you what. You know, everybody was, was, was so excited about the Pelicans, and then they come out last night. But you know what? I'm not surprised in this regard, Kenny. That's a tough game to play on a back-to-back, even at home, against it that is. team. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, the schedule didn't set up well against a team they've struggled against. And Miami is a good team, which makes you wonder, you know, why Miami's only six games over 500. I know the East has some good teams, but this team's been in the finals a couple of times. And with the experience they have and the players they have, you would think they'd be in better shape than they are under Eric Spolster. But that's not the case. Here's the other thing about last night's game. Number one, right now, if I, if I asked you who's the best player most recently for the New Orleans Pelicans, who would you say is the answer to that question? Well, I mean, you know, Zion's been certainly good, but Herb Jones has been incredible. That's it. You named it. It's Herb Jones. Herb Herb Jones has been the best player on this team in all facets. He's the best defender. Uh, His three-point shot has picked up dramatically. He only took one last night. He made it. His shot, period, has picked up dramatically. He was 8 for 10 from the field last night. He's getting assists. He's getting rebounds. He's getting steals. He's just been a complete overall player and the most improved player offensively on Mm -hmm. this team. So you mentioned Zion Williamson, and he's been much better, very good over the past month offensively. Last night he scored 23, but he was only 9 of 22 from the field. He did have nine rebounds, a high total, seven assists, another high total, and he's very good at distributing. But here's the biggest number of all, Ed. Last night, Williamson, when the Pelicans had Williamson in the game, he was minus 23. Sure. The worst on the team. So that tells you something about both ends of the floor, I believe. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, look, I I, I think it's that's that that's a concern. You know, um, I don't know, man. I, I, I you know last, last last night was a revelation, not in a good way. But hey, that's that's the way it goes sometimes. I mean, look, I Zion. We know what Zion is. He's not a great defender. He's not a great rebounder. But the one thing he is is. He is a guy who can volume score on limited amount of shots. I think we know that from his career. And he's also a very good passer. I mean, if you if you check up check his assist numbers, they're up. Oh, uh, it's tremendous. Yeah, it's yeah. tremendous. Because when he's got the ball in his hands at the top of the key or near the elbow, he's going to draw traffic. And he's going to yeah. kick it out. And, and the Pelicans get a lot of corner threes based on his drives. And, you know, and he's a, he's a really, really good passer. You know, as far as Herb Jones is concerned, look, Kenny, when a guy's the SEC player of the year and the SEC defensive player of the year, he's picked in the second round. And there's a reason for that. There was a deficiency. And a lot of people felt he was not a, not a scorer and couldn't shoot. Well, he's made himself into one. He's been really yep. good. No, he's been terrific overall. Again, uh, really best. Okay, so you look now at the Western Conference. Pelicans are still fifth, 34-23. and 23. But you know what concerns you is the logjam right there behind them. Sacramento and Phoenix are a half game behind them right now. The Maver- I mean, they're a game behind, I should say. And Dallas is a half game behind. And Dallas is playing out of sight. They've won seven in a row. Uh, Doncic has been incredible. Irving's been great. They got size now as well. That's a very good-looking team. Golden State is playing really good. Uh, they've won three in a row and eight of ten now. And they are right now four behind the Pelicans. A pretty good margin, but they're playing very good basketball. The Lakers are are playing pretty good basketball. They won seven of ten. And they are three and a half behind the Pelicans. Uh, That's that's a lot of teams. That's ten teams right there. So the Pelicans are going to make the postseason. There's no doubt about it. The problem is, and the question remains, can they avoid the play-in? round and make it into the playoffs, which means top six 
<laughs> I would say to you it's going to be it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard because of those teams well, I just mentioned. You know, and, and how, how about Golden State trying to trade for LeBron? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, she's a beach. And you know what that's all about? He and Steph Curry are very, very close. And um, the Golden State trying to trade for LeBron. I mean, look, the West is insanity. Yeah. The, West, the Western Conference playoffs are going to be utter insanity. No question about it. I mean, look, it's, it's, it's going to be free-form guitar because I think they can all beat each other. I mean, I really believe that uh, when you look at – these teams, but I tell you what, I'm very impressed with, very impressed with Minnesota. Even though they lost last night, very impressed with Oklahoma City. They're dynamite. The Nuggets are really good. They're the defending champion. Clippers have been excellent. Those four teams are good. But then, as I mentioned, Dallas is really dangerous now. You know, Phoenix. If they get everybody on the floor, that's a dangerous team. You know, I, I mentioned you know the Lakers and the Warriors. Uh, I'm not discounting Sacramento. Sacramento is is a good team, but I think the Pelicans, you know, are better than them, in my opinion. But, again, this is just a loaded conference, and it's tough, Ed. Sure. And, I mean, if you look in the East, the Pelicans have a tough game Tuesday night. I mean, the Knicks have been a different team since they got Bogdanovich. And, and, and I mean, they're, they're really good. And, uh, you know, but, look, they're at a point in the season where, you know, you bring up two things. The schedule is, is more conducive. January was brutal. They've got some games they can win here, but then all of a sudden now they're dealing with injuries. And you hope that C.J. McCollum isn't out very long. It was a twist, it appeared, and uh, hopefully he's not out very long. But it's, it's, it's crazy how things can change on a dime. Well, it's all about availability. I mean, you, you get an eight-day break, so you figure you're going to get healthy, and then Brandon Ingram has missed two games in a row. So, I mean, <laughs> it, it's frustrating, right? So yeah, oh, no McCollum, if McCollum can't play tomorrow night, you certainly hope that Ingram can return. Yeah, you know, uh, I don't know what, what the NBA is going to do, but Alvarado might be suspended. Well, I, I suspect he will be. And I would right. suspect that, that Najee Marshall would be suspended. Jimmy Butler likely as well when you talk about grabbing somebody's neck. So um, yeah. my suspicion is you're going to have two players suspended. That's my thing. Yeah. You know so, the good thing. The good thing about both players is, is that thank goodness no punches were thrown. I mean, I know everybody's making a big deal out of it, and I get it. But there were, if you go back and look at the replay, it wasn't it wasn't a good look, but it wasn't that bad, Kenny. It really yeah. wasn't that bad. You know, I'm getting texted and emailed by different affiliates and you know national affiliates. Hey, can we get video of this and interviews and all that other stuff? And I get it, but if you go back and look at it, it wasn't that bad. I mean, I'm sorry, it just wasn't. It's, it's, it's not something that's super unusual in the NBA. And like I said, the best thing about it is nobody threw any punches. I think the players understand that if you do that, then you're, you're going to cost yourself a lot of money and a lot of games. Well, there's some question mark as to whether Alvarado did, in fact, throw a punch or two. So well, you know, I, I couldn't see yeah. from the replay, okay? Mm-hmm. I couldn't. I, I was looking at the replay, and I couldn't see because – Remember, with the, the, the television broadcast, they were in a replay, I think, of the of the uh, Najee Marshall uh, Butler thing. So I really couldn't see what was going on over with that other thing. But um, mm-hmm. you know, you just hope there's not just it, it's it's something that you know guys are out for a game or two at the most, and then they move on. Well, again, that's going to be the concern, and again, the availability of players. You know, Zion did play the back-to-back, so there's that. Uh, so you like seeing that. 
And so far, so good with him in terms of availability and playing. And Alvarado is so important to this team off the bench. I mean, they need his energy. And last night was another good example of that. When you look at you know, his contribution last night, I mean, Alvarado last night, they were a plus 13 when he was on the floor last night. So, I mean, again, he picks up the team. I, I, by the way, give Robinson Earl credit last night. He played well in yes, 24 he minutes. He did a good job for this team with 5.6 yes, rebounds, getting playing time. And I think you're going to see more of him. He gives them some length at 6'10". And I really think they need that because when Valanchunas, when Valanchunas goes to the bench, Ed, they're small. Well, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, look, uh, I think that was something that maybe I'm sure they talked about during the trade deadline. But, you know, they are what they are. They're not perfect. They're real good. they got a good team. You know, if they, they get to, you know, 40, 48, 49 wins, they'll, they'll avoid the play-in, and that's progress. It is, and I think they're in a position to do that. But, again, it's not going to be easy when you consider uh, the competition, as I mentioned, the Western Conference with all these teams that they're going to have to fend off to avoid the play-in round. Look, I mean, getting to the postseason is step one. But the fact that they've been in the play-in play round previously, uh, if they make the play-in round again, that's not progress. I mean, that's, that to me is not progress. Progress to me is making the playoffs. That's, that's, that's a fact. Now, you qualify that because what's it going to take to make the playoffs? You know, are they going to have to win 50 games to finish top six? That's a heck of a load to be able to make well, the top six. Know, look, they may, if they, they may if have they to. Win 50, if they win 50, that means they were 17-10 and 10 after the All-Star break. Right. Which is still pretty good. It is. Uh, look, I just think that they're in a position to win 48-50. to 50, But, again, you don't know because of availability. Who's healthy, who's not, who's playing, and who's not. And that's a big part of it. And, look, they got the Bulls in here tomorrow, and that's no pushover either. Chicago can score. So they're going to have to play – better basketball than they played last night. I mean, last night's game, they buried themselves early. They were down 17 in the first half, and they battled all the way back to tie the game at halftime, and you kind of thought maybe they'd be all right, but didn't turn out that way. I mean, they, they were close throughout in the second half, but couldn't get over the hump, and then the fracas, then the 11-0 run, and then they're done, and that's pretty much what happened. And, and again, as you said earlier, sometimes sometimes it's about matchups, and they, they just haven't they haven't matched up with this team, although you'd love to have seen them at full strength with Ingram and with McCollum for a full game and not playing back-to-back, but that's part of it. Everybody's got to deal with that during the course of the season. Without a doubt. So, you know, look, it's, um, you know, you just got to find a way to, you got to find a way to stay out of the play-in. You do that, then you get ready for the postseason. Right, and by the way, in the Eastern Conference, Boston, of course, running away with it. Seven and a half ahead of Cleveland. Milwaukee third, eight and a half. Milwaukee had a big win at Minnesota last night. The Knicks are playing well. Uh, they're 10 games back and forth. Then the Sixers, 11 back without Embiid. Pacers are sixth, 12 and a half back. Miami, 13 back and seventh. They're out of the, they're a half game out of the playoffs right now in the play-in tie with Orlando, who's a good young team. And Chicago is 26 and 30. They're in the nine spot though. So that tells you about the difference between the two conferences. You know, the nine spot in the West is a winning record. Nine spot in the East is a four-game under record. So, and by the way, the 10 spot in the East, Atlanta is 24 and 32. So, while the East has good teams, there's just more depth in the Western Conference. That's simple. Yeah. I mean, you know, we know what it is. It's a meat grinder. It is. Every game, and it's going to continue to be that way. So, stay tuned. 
uh, where the NBA is concerned, where the Pelicans are concerned, and of course the Chicago Bulls tomorrow night, which is going to be another interesting game and a game that the Pelicans are going to have to play very well in if they have any hopes of winning uh, that game and, and making up for the loss that took place last night. Glad you're with us. It's 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061 to join in the conversation. We'll take a time out here. Still to come, we'll talk about uh, the Saints and NFL and such. But when we return, we'll talk some college basketball, among other things, as we continue with the Three Tailgater Show. He's Ed Daniels. I'm Ken Trahan. 504-260-1061, the number to call. Back in just a moment here on 106.1 FM Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Inside New Orleans, if it's New Orleans sports, culture, food. Inside New Orleans with Eric Asher is talking about it. Weekdays at 4 on 1061 Nash Icon and available online anytime at NashFM1061.com. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code LANE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code LANE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code LANE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. Top service, locally owned, outstanding deals, conveniently located, professionals motivated to sell where the customer comes first. That describes the experience at Premier Automotive Group, where you'll find the best prices anywhere on Toyota, Honda, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Kia. Premier Automotive offers a warranty for life on its vehicles and a money-back guarantee. Visit my friend Troy Duhon at one of his outstanding dealerships, Toyota of New Orleans, Premier Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Fiat, and Premier Honda in New Orleans, Premier Nissan in Metairie, and Premier Kia in Kenner. When the final horn blows at the Allstate Sugar Bowl, the action is just beginning as another jam-packed year of Sugar Bowl activity lies just ahead. With over 55 annual events, including all Louisiana high school state championships, the Sugar Bowl support of amateur athletics adds up to big fun and big dollars for our economy. From the Crescent City Classic to lacrosse, sailing, basketball, and more, the Sugar Bowl has something for most everyone. For more on the great things the Sugar Bowl is doing, log on to AllstateSugarBowl.org. Sponsored by Allstate, Taco Bell, and Dr. Pepper. You want the total sports package? Let's talk prep, college, pro, all sports, all the time. You get it all from the three tailgaters on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com with Ken and Ed. Give us a call at 504-260-1061. And a reminder, we've got Delgado Baseball doubleheader coming up live on DelgadoAthletics.com. You can watch it at DelgadoAthletics.com coming up. Starts at noon against Southwest Mississippi Community College here at Kershawny Stadium. Again, Delgado and Southwest Mississippi Community College at noon here at Kershawny Stadium this afternoon. Hope you have a chance to check it out. If you can come out, we'd love to see you. Starts at noon here at Kershawny Stadium. So hope to see you. If not, check us out and watch. All right, we mentioned college basketball at the University of New Orleans back in action at Southeastern. 
this afternoon. That's a 3.30 game at the University Center in Hammond, Southeastern uh, and uh, UNO, and match up the rivalry continuing, which, of course, has been a fun one to watch over a period of time. Southeastern won the first matchup in New Orleans, 73-68, back on January 6th. Lions are in pretty good shape. Privateers are really struggling. Lost four in a row and really have to uh, considerably improve their standing uh, moving forward, 8-19 overall, 3-11 in the conference. Meanwhile, the looking at the uh, Tulane Green Wave basketball program, we've talked about it a lot, 13-12, only 4-9 in the American Athletic Conference, coming off a loss to East Carolina. Last Sunday, they'll play Sunday against UAB. At Fogelman, they've lost three in a row as well, and they've lost six of seven. So the struggles continuing for that program as well. I guess the, you know, the encouraging news, Ed, has to be, before we talk women, Matt McMahon's LSU team. I mean, you got to give him a lot of credit. I'll say it again. A lot of people were ready to throw him under the bus and give up on them, you know, even going into the season, much less early in this season. I think everybody tends to forget he walked into, he walked into nothing. I mean, nothing. He had nothing left. He had no players. Had to start over again, and everything else. And you know, to judge him this early is a bit ridiculous. LSU's, LSU's got the most quad one wins in the SEC. You know, they've beaten number eleven South Carolina and number seventeen Kentucky back to back. You know, and and I mean, they they had a win over a ranked Ole Miss team earlier this year. So look, they're not great by any stretch. They're fourteen and twelve, six and seven in the SEC, but. Much credit to Mac McMahon. In my book, I think he's done a solid job. They've got Mississippi State uh, in Baton Rouge today, a chance to get to 500 in the league, and then they get Georgia at home, uh, which is another winnable game. So, you know, these are big games. I mean, they have a chance. Uh, look, they got, they've, got a, they've got an outside chance, you know, not an outside chance. they got a chance to be a 500 team in the league because they still got a, yeah. a game at home with Missouri. The two road games are Vanderbilt and Arkansas. So, in my mind, Mac McMahon's done a pretty solid job, Ed. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's pretty amazing when you look at the Tennessee game and the Alabama game. They lost one by 20 and the other by 17. And then they yeah. come back and, and they're able to do what they've done. And what's really cool about it is they were down 16 against South Carolina and they were down 15 against Kentucky in right. the second half. And they came back and won those games. But look, they won two games in the league last year. They won six. You know, unless they win the SEC tournament, they're not going to be a uh, uh, an at-large team because their their RPI is 102. But uh, you know, look, they're making they're making a lot of progress, and uh, that was really a cool night the other night because that was like the old days. You know, playing Kentucky, winning winning a hotly contested game, making a shot at the horn. That was kind of a that was kind of a, a turn back. Uh, and if you saw the uh, LSU basketball on social media, they had Dale Brown hugging Coach McMahon uh, mm-hmm. after the game. I thought that was that was really cool, you know, because um, you know one guy in this state when he came here, he understands he understood the importance of beating Kentucky. He really did. And, and Dale Brown set his sights on them, and uh, for Matt McMahon to win that game, that's the biggest win he's had at LSU by far. Yeah, and it came after winning that South Carolina game. So, look, and, and Jalen Cook hadn't played, you know. So they've had other guys step up and do a good job for them. They're finding they're finding offense now. I mean, look, they had enough offense the week before last Saturday against Alabama. 
lost at home. Alabama just had more offense in that game, but they are finding ways to score the ball more than they were earlier in SEC play. So, I mean, look, I'm encouraged. I mean, I think I think this program is in decent shape. I really do. And as I yeah. said all along, you've got to give McMahon three years uh, to find out what he's all about. This is year two, and he's competing right now. And, again, you juxtapose it against what's happened with Will Wade, and he's always going to be judged in that vein, and people are, are always going to love Wade and put him in a hero position for what he did at LSU. And, and I get that, and we've talked about it several times, but that ship sailed, and there's a reason it sailed. And he, Wade's doing a great job at McNeese, and kudos to him, and nothing but the best to him. But LSU had to move on for several reasons, aside from you know, insubordination and rule-breaking, the fact that the NCAA was ready to come down even harder on the school's not only just basketball, but athletic programs, if LSU did not make a move. And I think people tend to forget that, too. Yeah. I know he signed the contract extension with McNeese, but I wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me a bit if he's at a Power 5 job next year. You? No, I mean, again, if, he's, if his image is suitably rehabilitated in the minds of others, why wouldn't you hire him based on what he's showing you in terms of what he can do? I mean, this is, this is great stuff, Ed. I mean, this guy's... This guy's obviously very good. We knew that when he was at LSU. That's not a surprise at all. So, I mean, he's doing exactly what you thought he was capable of doing, uh, and he's doing it at McNeese where you didn't think it would be an easy place to do it at all. So a lot of credit to him, a lot of credit to Wade, a lot of credit to Matt McMahon. I mean, I just think that, you know, there's, there's a lot to like about both of them at this stage. So, and I think – uh, unlike some people, it is possible to uh, to like both and be impressed with both. That's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, they, LSU had to do what they had to do, and you know, look, Will Wade's an interesting dude, interesting character. But you know, I mean, look, if all all the things that Bruce Pearl went through, and he's still coaching, Will Wade can coach too, and uh, and I think that uh, I think it won't be long before he's at a Power Five job. Yeah, I suspect so. I mean, when you have that kind of success doing what he's doing uh, with that program right now, showing you what he's capable of doing, I, I just don't think there's any doubt uh, that he's going well, to be in that position to do great well, things. Well, you know, Kenny, Kenny, I know a little bit about McNeese basketball now uh, from working over there, but they, they've made a real commitment. Their arena, I haven't been to it. I heard it's very, very nice. And, you know, to keep them in the Southland Conference, the league let them host the conference tournament. And that's a huge mm-hmm. advantage there. Huge. Yep. And I don't think I don't see anybody beating them there. Do you? It's gonna be very hard to do it, buddy. Very hard. Yeah. So yeah. I mean I mean they've got a great situation. They've got good players. They got a really good coach. And I just think they're in a really good position. I don't I mean I don't know that anybody's gonna find a way to be able to overcome what they're doing. And look, they've gotta win the gotta win the conference tournament, as we talked about to get into the NCAA tournament because you're not going to get in that large bit out of the Southland Conference tournament with the ratings, or, you know, RPIs being as they are, even McNeese at this stage. So you got to you got to win the tournament. Look, we hope we hope a UNO or a Nichols or a Southeastern can win a conference tournament being in these parts. But if not, you want to see McNeese win because you get the best team in. And if they got in, they wouldn't be a very low seed. They might be a 12 or something like that. Yeah. Well, you know what happens with those five twelve games in the NCAA tournament, too. Oh yeah, look, I mean we we've seen that before too. So 
that goes without saying. I mean, you've got a lot, you got a lot of opportunity there uh, if you can get to that 12 line to do something. Look, even 13, you got a chance. Uh, even even 14, but I still think it's going to be tough uh, regardless. But they're in a good position. I think LSU's in a pretty good position too overall. And then there's the LSU women, Ed. They they had to fight tooth and nail to to fight off Auburn and avoid a sweep against Auburn uh, the other night. Uh, watched some of that game. LSU just LSU was so bad offensively in the fourth quarter, committed so many turnovers. Uh, they were just waiting for Auburn to catch them, but they got enough stops to be able to hold on and win the game. Uh, they're good. They're not outstanding. Uh, I don't know that they're going to be, you know, a team that can get past, you know, the Elite Eight, if not the Sweet 16. But it's a good team. Uh, they've done a good job. I still think they're lacking, you know, maybe one player and lacking a little bit of depth overall. And Auburn, obviously, is a tough matchup for them, but they found a way to win. You know, what's most encouraging is you see the support that that program gets, Ed. It's great to see the crowd at the men's game at Kentucky. The LSU women are getting really good support. They they deserve it, if not more support, yeah. being a national champion. Well, you know, I mean, Angel Reese had a giant game, 25 points, 20 rebounds. Yep. But, you know, one of the questions about them was what they were going to do at point guard, and that's still a question. I mean, you know, Haley Van Lift um, played it for much of the season, but that's not what she is. She's a scorer, and uh, you know, Poe is a Poe is a good player, but I don't I don't know if she's the answer or not. I guess we'll find out here down the stretch. Well, she she she's done some nice things, but boy, uh, talk about a mistake! You know, when she got that steal in the final minute the other day, instead of just holding the ball and running right. the clock out or getting fouled, she tries to go make a shot. And misses, and Auburn gets a rebound and keeps him in the game. I mean, that's just that's just you know, again common sense stuff and understanding the game situation. You got to be better than that. So, again, you know, handling the ball, yeah, that's a problem. And again, they were they were just not good doing that. You know, when things mattered yesterday. So, uh, so hopefully things will get better in that regard. But they're they're still a good team. They've got good things to follow in my mind, and I suspect they're going to be fine. Uh, but I do think they're. They're probably a Sweet 16 team, Ed. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe, right. you know, a, a team that can get to the Elite Eight. Now, I think they'll get. I think they'll get to host the first two rounds, and I think they have a legit chance to get out of the first two rounds. But sure. that's not going to well, be easy know, either. What's interesting about the NCAA tournament is this: though. the the games are going to be televised on ABC. Many of them which I think is very interesting. And I think it's smart by the network uh, to do that because of the appeal of the games. And, you know, you know who they'll be showing. They'll be showing, you know, I think they'll be showing LSU. They'll be showing uh, Iowa, who, by the way, lost to Indiana this week. So, uh, you know, I mean, it just shows you the... And look, I think the popularity of the women's game is this. If you have a great player, you know, 40 years ago, Patrick Ewing played several seasons at Georgetown. I think he played three. You know, Chris Mullen played games. The Villanova team was was a really good team, and it was it was basically a senior-laden team that won in 85. You don't have that in the men's college game, but the women's game, you know, I know there's a lot of chatter about Caitlin Clark uh, coming back or not for a sixth year. You know, the people at Iowa are all excited about the possibility that she might. I still think she's going to the WNBA. Yeah, I mean, it's not as pronounced as the men's game in terms of financials, but you would think at the peak of her game, 
she would move forward. Iowa is a good team, but not a great team. South Carolina is undefeated. They're just better than everybody. Uh, right now, you're just trying to find somebody that can beat them. Last year, in a one-game situation, Iowa was able to do that. But the appeal of the game has gotten greater. Dawn Staley's had a lot to do with that with her program at South Carolina. Of course, Gino Ariema raised the bar at UConn. You know, you, you look at Stanford, what she's been able to do and the way their program's been. Uh, of course, Kim Mulkey at Baylor and what she did. Now what she's doing at LSU. But I think also, like you said, it's star power. And, you know, when you have star power, uh, it makes a difference. And people want to mm-hmm. see stars. So, you know, mm-hmm. the NBA got popular in the 1980s because of star power, because yeah. of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, because of Magic Johnson, because of Larry Bird, you know, because of Michael Jordan. I mean, the, the NBA got popular because of star power, and they featured those teams all the time. And I think the women's game in college basketball right now is mimicking that to some degree. Well, without a doubt. I mean, you know, uh, look, these, these girls, uh, everybody knows who they are. And I think that's, that's, uh, that's a really, really, really cool thing. And, um, you know, look, 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 at, uh, look, at the, look at the crowd that Iowa draws, you know, all around the country now. And uh, the women's mm-hmm. game is getting, is getting more and more popular. And it's fantastic. But, again, you, you know, if this, were, um, if this were the NBA, you know, some of those kids would, would not be coming back. But because it's not uh, – and look, the, the, let's be honest, the pay in the WNBA is not great either. So, um, you know, that's something you can consider. And I don't know if Caitlin Clark is going to go. I think she is. But she she could probably make more money in NIL than she would make in, uh, in, a, in, a, in a salary situation in the WNBA. You know, that's entirely possible given the, the nature of college athletics today, which, by the way, is getting scrutinized very closely in a lot of Discussions and hearings well, are taking place in that regard too. Well, I think it's I think it's interesting that that a lot of and this is the job that Nick Saban wants. He wants to be appointed the czar yeah. of college football. That's the job yeah. he wants. And yeah, we're gonna. He's made, that, he's made that abundantly clear. Well, that's that's the transition. That's what we're going to talk about next, and then talk about the Saints with our second hour. So that's where we're going next. With your calls about anything, are welcome. It's five zero four two six zero one zero six one. That's five zero four two six zero one zero six one. Love to have you join us. And we're pleased that you're listening this morning. And this is the Three Tailgaters Show, a Saturday morning tradition. Our second hour begins after this brief timeout right here on Nash Icon 1061 FM. And on the web, we're at NashFM1061.com. Hey, this is Tim Duncan, Vice President of Athletics at your New Orleans Privateers. Join me every Tuesday at 3 p.m. for the Nolas Team Radio Show. We'll discuss the latest in privateer sports with our coaches, student-athletes, and some of our most famous alum. Join us on 1061 Nash Icon, your privateer sports network. And remember, Nola's team, we are your crew. Let's go, privateers. For 17 years, the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl has been proud to support one of the area's great traditions, high school football, and the Prep Football Player of the Year Award. The RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl's weekly recognition of excellence on the field by high school student athletes reflects our understanding of the importance of athletics in the development of our youth. A New Orleans tradition, the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl is a proud partner of Ken Trahan's original Prep Football Report and the Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club. Visit us online at NewOrleansBowl.com. 
With over 15 acres of cars and trucks at the Lamarck Automotive Complex, there must be a reason. Buying a new car shouldn't be complicated. That's why our expert staff is here to help. I've been selling new Ford cars and trucks since 1970. That's over 50 years. Wow, there must be a reason. With your lifestyle and budget in mind, our finance team works hard to be the best in the business. Only at Lamarck Ford, at the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. Broadcasting from the Dudley DeBosher Studios. Anytime, anywhere, smartphone, tune in radio app, we are WRKN. 1061 Nash Icon, Picayune, New Orleans. The second hour begins. It's the Three Tailgater Show on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and at CrescentCitySports.com. Be a part of the show now. Call 504-260-1061. Back to Ken Trahan and Ed Daniels. College athletics, where is it going? Where is it going to stop? What's it going to be? What's it going to look like? What's it going to feel like? Ed broached the subject uh, this past segment as we were getting ready to take the break, so we're going to talk about it now. So much discussion taking place right now. You know, some people say there's a mass exodus in coaching from the college game to the pro game in particular on the football level. I think there's still some movement back from the pro to the college game, but I think a little bit more obviously taking place from the college to the pro game, and you're hearing a lot from college coaches as to why that is, and the preponderance of it is because other rules are lack thereof that apply in college athletics with regard to NIL money, collectives, and such. So where do you see us where we're at right now, Ed? Well, I keep hearing that the college game is in trouble, okay? But what do the ratings tell you? Otherwise. What what, what does the interest tell you? I mean, look, uh, you know, I I don't think LSU fans should complain about the transfer portal. The transfer portal, and I know it was a little different when Joe Burrow did it, but Joe Burrow was a transfer and so was Jaden Daniels. Two Eisenman winners. So, the portal can work for you. It can work against you. And, uh, you know, but I, I do think it helps schools like Ole Miss who are not going to out-recruit LSU on a, on a consistent basis. When it comes to recruiting high school athletes, Ole Miss is not going to out-recruit LSU on a, on, a, on a routine basis if LSU's got its act together. But Ole Miss has done extremely well in the portal. And, you know, I mean, look, he's a good player, Logan Diggs, but he's not Quinchon Junkins. Quinchon Junkins went to Ohio State. He's a giant pickup for them. But Ole Miss has had a lot of guys they picked up in the portal, and, and, and it's helped them. I mean, it's helped them a lot. But look, where would LSU be without the portal? I mean, look, they won the SEC West the first year that Brian Kelly was here. But let's, let's face it. I mean, you know, they, they would have been a five- or six-win team without the portal. So, I don't, I don't you know, there's, there's so much excitement about SEC football well, people ask me about it all the time, and we've got the games this year on ABC, Kenny, and I just don't see, you know, I just, I just don't see the interest in the game waning. I think it's the opposite. But, you know, before, the head coach and the athletic director controlled everything, and they don't control it anymore. You remember there was a rule, like, in the SEC, you couldn't transfer from one SEC, one SEC school to another. You couldn't do it. And well, you know you'd have to you'd have to sit out two years. I sit out a year. Not, I think you have to sit out two. 
that was a long time ago. But look, I mean, you know, you turn around and you, and you get Greg Brooks and Joe Fouché from from Arkansas, and all of a sudden the LSU secondary is a lot better the next year. Well, that mm-hmm. wouldn't have been possible ten or fifteen years ago. So when no. people complain about the portal, I, I, you know, I don't really think it's hurt the game. I think I think the games are as interesting as ever, and I love college football. And you know, if if uh, if Nick Saban uh, thinks it's not the same game, well, it's probably not the same game. But there's still a tremendous amount of interest in it. The one thing that's different though is look, all these coaches, Kenny, they're in the portal every year, and they have been for the last sixty years. They're in the portal every year. Now that the players are in the portal, they can't handle it. Well, again, so many developments on this front. The latest, a federal judge in Tennessee granted a preliminary injunction yesterday prohibiting the NCAA from punishing any athletes or boosters for negotiating name, image, and likeness deals during their recruiting process or while they are in the transfer portal. That's a big or as well. Now, this is not a final ruling, but this particular decision will have an immediate impact on NIL deals and how they're going to be handled in the recruiting process. So this is a big win for the players. You know, Kenny, I'm not, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not going to even pretend to even think I know that much about law, but I, at some point I think this, this winds up in the Supreme court in the commerce clause. Don't you? I mean, yeah, I think, I do think it's going to go that far. At some point, it's going to be before the court, and, and nine judges are going to decide. And I think that uh, based on the fact that, you know, I, I don't know with, with, uh, with Justice Kagan and, and Sotomayor and, and, and Roberts and, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the more uh, so-called left-leaning judges on the court would rule, I really don't know. But I think there's a, there can, there's a conservative bent on the court and I think that you would you would have a hard time convincing them that that there's something uh, that doesn't comply with the law going on here. And I think that that's where it's going. Uh, I think eventually you're going to have uh, the nine justices on the court, and at some point uh, they're going to hear that case. I don't know what the ruling is going to be. I I have no clue. But I, I just think that if it goes in front of the court. In, in some kind of aspect of the of the commerce clause, uh, clause, I would say that the um, you know the, the 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 people who are in favor of what is going on now, and not not the people who control college football, would probably have the upper hand. All right. So if I am, we'll get to the call shortly. Five zero four two six zero one zero six one. If I asked you right now, who's got the number one NIL deal in terms of money? In college football, who would you guess is that? I saw this the other day, and it's 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 not Arch Manning. I think he's number two. He is, and I don't remember who's number one. It's Shador Sanders. Yeah, there you go, Shador. He's got Colorado, right? Four point seven million. Four point seven million. Four point seven. Yeah, sure. And he's way ahead of number two. Arch Manning is two point eight million. Yeah. Then guess who's number three? Another Colorado player, Travis yeah. Hunter at two point three yeah. million. So two out of three. And then wait, it gets better. The top four are Colorado and Texas players. Number four is Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers, yeah, Texas at one point nine million. Jalen Milrow of Alabama, number five, 1. at one point six million. Carson Beck of Georgia, 
at $1.5 million is sixth. Evan Stewart of Oregon at $1.4 million is seventh. Jackson Dart of Ole Miss, eighth at $1.4. Dylan Gabriel of Oregon, ninth at $1.3. And Nico Imaliva of Tennessee is 10th at $1.2 million, according to On3.com. Putting this together, by the way, Shiloh Sanders of Colorado is number 12. So Colorado is all over this list. Calvin Banks of Texas, 17th. Texas is all over this list. The top LSU guy is Garrett Nussmeyer at number 18. 9.28 million. You know, so you're talking about uh, 928 K, I should say, 928,000. So that's what you're looking at from the NIL perspective. And you kind of get an idea of where the money is. Ohio State's got quite a few in there as well. I mentioned Oregon, Colorado, Texas. Will Campbell of LSU, by the way, is 31 on this particular list. Uh, the number two guy from LSU on this list. So LSU doesn't have a ton of money invested in NIL, according to this particular listing. Harold Perkins is 64th on the list. 64 for Perkins. Just to give you some further perspective on it, uh, going back and looking at the top 100, no other LSU players on the list. You know, I, you know, I, you mentioned Harold Perkins. I, I just hope that that uh, that Blake Baker uses him in the right way this year. You know, I mean, I I, I think you got to give the, the kid a lot of credit, Kenny. I, I don't. I think he was mishandled last year. I agree. Putting him at middle linebacker was a mistake. Uh, you know, Harold Perkins is a guy who's going to rush the passer and, ch- and chase the football. That's what he does. And uh, you haven't heard a peep out of the kid. He just shows up, does his job every day. I think that's extremely commendable. And, you know, good for him. And from, from what I hear, he's a, he's a tremendous young man. And, uh, you know, he's been loyal to the program. And you haven't had, heard one word from him, have you? Not one word. No. And, you no. know, I think I think that's, that's really commendable. So, I hope that Harold Perkins has a giant year and you know sets himself up for a big payday in the NFL because you know he's been he's been a great asset for LSU. Right now, LSU has the number one rated recruiting class for 2025, so you can figure that some money's involved in that. Of course, that process is still going on as we speak, but that's that's pretty much a review of where we are right now with this entire. Process. It's 504 260 1061. If you'd like to join us, Joe is in Mandeville. Hey, Joe, glad you called. Welcome to the show. Good morning to you. Oh, my timing was perfect. I wanted to talk about the EA deal, and I couldn't hear Ed. Was he uh, talking about the EA deal that's come out on the EA stuff? No, he wasn't talking about the EA deal, but go ahead. Well, yeah, but now you got to. I don't know if that included. All of this money that these—I mean, these players are getting—is coming from EA Sports, the video. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just and, another adjunct. It's just another adjunct or add-on, isn't it? I mean, I mean that's every 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 which way you see. Here's the fascinating part about it. Yeah. Here's the fascinating part about it. They contacted yeah. University of Texas to yeah. see if they can put the horns down in there. Are you kidding me? They're going to get paid for all of their opposing uh, crowds doing the horns down. They didn't hesitate. They took that money like it was nobody's business. 
Yep. So it goes to tell you, it's just a big myth that we really get upset when y'all do the horns down. It's free media. So, isn't it fascinating? This thing is getting out of control. And, and, uh, and not to mention, I'm, I'm dying to hear what Caitlin Clark's going to get when they mm-hmm. do the basketball. Yep. Well, it's been out of control. That it's been out of control. That's a given. So, I mean, starting there, that's pretty obvious. But where it goes from here, I agree with that. I think ultimately it's going to end up it's going to end up in the courts because a lot of people are just very unhappy with what's transpiring. Coaches are leaving. You know, Saban. Whether you love him or hate him, he's going to be a major player moving forward with everything that's uh, going on in this particular situation. So, look uh, again. Where this all ends remains to be seen, but there's there's a lot still to be determined, a lot to be written. And as I've said many times, you know, the cart came before the horse. The thing, the thing got out of the bag before any kind of thought process or regulations were put in place, and and that's why you find yourself where you find yourself now. Well, the problem is, is I don't know how you're going to get around the Supreme Court. They ruled on this thing. I mean, if you're going to put guardrails in it, you've got to do it very carefully. I don't know how you're going to get around it. And I think you ought to just go ahead and run it like an NFL franchise. They got Brandon Harris. Remember this guy? He was the quarterback at LSU. Uh He's the general manager at Texas in charge of recruiting and all that. So, Mm -hmm. and that includes the NIL and all that. You got to keep Mm -hmm. these guys happy. You got to recruit them after every season. And they make it a point that you have an exit interview after the season to let you know where you stand. Mm-hmm. And I don't see what – not that difficult to go through all those. But, but I do understand that it's a lot of the coaching that goes on, you know, calling yep. people when you already got a deal in hand and to, mm-hmm. hey, just go ahead and get out of that and come over here. We'll give you more money. And it's like there's no scruples in it at all. So I'm with you on that. you got to have some kind of uh, order of the sense. But mm-hmm. fascinating where it's going. But I don't think I don't see how you're going to control this. I don't either. I, I mean, so, somebody's got to somebody's got to tell me how that works. And you know, right. there's a there's an attorney listening in. Uh, maybe they could call in and tell us. But I I don't know how that works, and I I don't I don't know how you govern that. But you know, I the, the more and more I hear about this thing, the more and more I'm convinced that uh, that's why the Alabama coach is not the Alabama coach anymore. One thing I'll say about him, though. One thing I'll say about him, though, Joe, is that I saw the photos of him watching the basketball game at Coleman Coliseum. Okay, uh, about a week ago, and to me, he looked yeah. bored already. And I know he, <laughs> yeah. I know he's excited. You know, with all the things that are going on, he's obviously going to do television, and I don't know how much of a challenge that will be for him. But you know, to me, the the real test with Nick Saban is July. It's not hot yet. What happens when? When July fifteenth gets here and and fall camp is three or four weeks away, and he's the not coaching, he's, he's got to go buy a farm. That'll keep him busy. I'm well, he's got he's got one in Georgia. He's got a he's got a pretty big place in Georgia, and he's got mm-hmm. you know I think he and Kenny both have places in Jupiter, Florida. Next yeah, season. right. But but but, but yeah. I don't I, keep me, dreaming. To me, I just wonder. I just wonder. You know, to me, he looks bored. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not a body language expert, but it's not the summertime yet. And you know as well as I do, Kenny, when the summer gets here and it gets to July, you get all excited about the upcoming season. 
And, you know, we've been doing this thing together for a long, long time. And, mm-hmm. and to not do that, I think, would be a real adjustment. And you can only imagine what it's like for a football coach who has done it his entire life to not do that. I know it was his choice. I know he'll right. be doing television, but he won't be coaching. And I just think I wouldn't rule out him scratching that itch again at some point. Not in the college game, but certainly in the professional game. Agreed. Real quick, I'll let y'all go. I just wanted to let you know I broke my TV yesterday. Absolutely sick about it. Every time I turn it on and look at it, it's got this big white line right down the middle. It was right before March. I've got to go buy me a new TV. I'll let you know how that goes. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you find something good. I hope it's a large screen, and I I hope your next one stays alive for a while. You know what I mean? Would be good. Thank you, Joe. Five zero four two six zero one zero six one. You gotta love it. But look, I mean, again, he mentioned EA deal, and and there's so many different ways and so many different avenues now for the student athlete. And you know, whether you're for their making money or not, and that discussion has been talked about for thirty years now. Uh, the question becomes, has it, has it simply gotten to be too much? And uh, is there any semblance of control whatsoever? And the answer right now is no, there is none. There's no, no control. I mean, none. But and you I know what, know, Kenny? Kenny, no. look, how many eyeballs are going to be on that LSU-USC game on that Sunday night? Yeah. I mean, how many eyeballs? I mean, look, that Labor Day weekend when college football starts and, and, and you don't share that weekend with the NFL, how many eyeballs yeah. are going to be on college football that this weekend? How many eyeballs are going to be on Alabama football this year to see what it looks like without Nick Saban? How many eyeballs are going to be on Saban? You know, Sarkeesian just got some ridiculous contract extension. Look, you know, I, I keep hearing that the game is in trouble, and I'm sorry, I that the, the the numbers don't you know don't support that that inference. I, I just don't mm-hmm. think it does. No, the game's not in trouble. I mean, it's in, not at the box office. It's popular. It's as popular as ever. Uh, but what happens with universities, or what happens with who can compete and who cannot compete, uh, is the big bigger question. You know, we see the expanded playoffs and some of the. Also, Rams are going to get a chance to maybe get in, but how many of those also Rams can actually compete at the highest level if the disparity becomes greater and greater between the haves and the have-nots due to finances? And I think that's kind of where this lands and kind of where we're at. Yeah, 14 teams is too many. Well, yeah, going from 12 to 14. I mean, I thought 12 was a litmus test. Now we're talking Now we're talking 14. I'm, again, uh, I just think that's a bit much. I really do. I I don't disagree with you at all uh, on that uh, topic. But again, you know, how can you compete when you got monoliths that are that are raising millions upon millions of dollars to be able to pay student athletes, and you have no ability whatsoever to do that? I mean, that's well. I mean, look, you, you're just going to have to hit it. You're just going to have to hit it right. And you know, look, Tulane hit it in 1998. If there was a playoff today, they'd be in it. You know, they were they were they were in a New Year's Six bowl. Yeah. Uh, two years ago, uh, if there were a playoff back then, two years ago, they would have been in it. They would have been in one of the 12 teams in a 12-team playoff. 
Right. If you're if you're a group of five school, you're you're just gonna have you're just gonna have to hit it. You're gonna, have, but it's it's not gonna be that easy. No, it's not. It, it's gonna be very difficult to compete on a long term basis with some of the schools we just mentioned. You heard the athletes, the names. You heard the schools that they go to, and you heard how much money is involved there. So, I mean, I just don't know how you compete uh, if you're uh, the little guy, so to speak. And all credit to the collectives at all of these uh, these mid-level schools, so to speak, and, and, and hopefully they can find a way to remain competitive because uh, that's going to be a tremendous test and, and very difficult to be able to pull off. So I'm intrigued to see where all of this ends up, Ed. Uh, I still love watching college athletics, enjoy it immensely, but at some point, does it become just a mercenary product? And I think that's that's what everybody's well, kind of thinking right now. You know, I was having that having that conversation with Coach Stein here on either Tuesday or Wednesday of this week. Yeah. And uh, you know, and he said he said to me, "High school is the last question. and uh, he's right. And uh, without a doubt, no, it's the last bastion of purity in terms of. Being free right. of the uh, the big big business and big money. I mean, there's, yeah, there's no I'm here doubt watching, about it. I'm here watching the game today. Romo leads. Uh, they just got a sack fly. Uh, they lead two one here in the uh, top half of the fifth inning. But there's a, a really nice crowd out here today. Of course, St. Charles Catholic always supports all of their sports, and, and Romo's got a nice crowd here. And it's just a really really great atmosphere, and it's a fun high school game between two really uh, outstanding programs and. Um, and I, and you know, and look, I, I paid to get in. I paid seven bucks. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that, that if, if you're a, if you're a fan of these, uh, of these kids, I mean, it's a, it's a great opportunity to come out here and watch some really good baseball. Right there with you. And of course, from a high school perspective, before we get to break, uh, the soccer championships concluding today in Hammond, congratulations to Holy Cross for winning again. And look, uh, great stuff there in Hammond. And obviously the girls' basketball championships are in Hammond next week. I'll be there for some of that. I'm sure you will be, too. Boys' yep. championships in basketball will be in Lake Charles coming up. Baseball season is well underway. So uh, nothing but the best to all of our friends on the high school level uh, that are competing for championships in all of these different sports. Uh, kudos to you all. Keep up the great work. Look forward to seeing just how, how good it can be and how good you can be. We really do enjoy seeing it, Ed. We do, Kenny. I mean, you know, this is uh, this has been your life for for most of your life, and this has been my life, and I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for anything. You know, and every year when we uh, when we when we go to to games, I mean, I'm I'm standing on the sideline in uh, in August, the first Friday in August, and I'm standing on the sideline of the game, and I don't know if there's any other place in the world I'd rather be. Yeah, right there with you, buddy. Couldn't couldn't disagree with you whatsoever. 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061. We'll take a time out here, and we'll get into the Saints and the NFL and the draft and much more when we continue. Glad you're with us on this Saturday morning. Ken and Ed, Three Tailgater Show continues here in a moment on Nash Icon 1061 FM and at NashFM1061.com. Hi, this is Jessica Walker, account executive with Cumulus New Orleans. I specialize in growing business. If you want to grow your business, let me help. We have four great radio stations and an amazing selection of digital products to take your business to a whole new level. Call me at 504-874-7903 or email me at jessica.walker at cumulus.com. 
The consultation is free. Cumulus Media and Jessica Walker, let's grow together. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GARAGE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GARAGE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GARAGE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code LANE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code LANE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code LANE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. This is your weekly forum for genuine substantive talk with a focus on fairness and facts. Time to share your passion on the Three Tailgaters Show here on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com. Call 504-260-1061. As we continue on from Kirsch Rooney Stadium, Three Tailgaters Show, Ken Trahan with Ed Daniels, who's at the Rumble St. Charles Catholic game as we speak. We have Delgado Baseball coming up at Noon, uh, the Dolphins hosting Southwest Mississippi Community College. You can watch it live at DelgadoAthletics.com. And at 3.30 this afternoon, you can listen to University of New Orleans and Southeastern Louisiana basketball here on 106.1 FM. 504-260-1061. Kurt's in New Orleans. Kurt, thanks for your patience, and welcome to the show. Good morning. Hey, Ken, Eddie. Good morning. How y'all doing? Hey, doing hey, fine. Hey, Kurt. Thanks. What's up, buddy? Hey, man, look, a couple things. Two things. Uh, Pam Jordan, man, coming out. Saying that we needed a culture change, a culture shock. I liked it, man. That's what leaders do. They come out, and like you said, they ask somebody. He goes, well, you don't make the playoffs three years in a row. Icebergs, the sauna. We need a shock. Somebody better shock something, you know. So I thought that was great. You put that out there. I'm sure y'all well, heard it, huh? I mean, I think yes. that, I think that uh, you know, look, I, I think that, uh, at least offensively, Kubiak is going to be that, okay? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, the thing that uh, – the thing that they've got to do is, you know, it's look, Kurt, you know, you and I have had this discussion a million times, but <laughs> and you look at what's happened to the Saints the last three years. I don't yeah. think it was, I don't think it was something that couldn't be predicted. I mean, how many teams yeah. Yeah. lose their yeah. franchise quarterback yeah. and then have salary cap problems and immediately jump back into contention? Yeah. 
It's a hard thing to do. And, I mean, you know, yeah. Hey, look, you, replacing you, you, that quarterback, you, you, replacing yeah. that quarterback is hard. Let me ask you this: I mean, re, has Miami re- replaced Dan Marino? Yeah. Right. No. 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 Still, it's still it's a hard thing still to do. <laughs> still has. Yeah. Exactly. No. Hey, I mean, restructuring car like this, now they making it a little more difficult to to move on after next year. The way they're doing this is that Kubiak maybe and having some input with Loomis. Like you know, we need to we need to. I say we got a full go with him, but we all full going with him. Do you think there's any discussion from Kubiak maybe involved in this? The way you know, I mean, we're obviously we're making it harder to move on. So, what what's your well, take on that? You know, if you if you're Clint Kubiak, would you want to? What is your best chance to win next year, Derek Carr? Or Drake May. Let's just oh, say cool. the Saints yeah. traded up in the yeah. top five, and they took Drake May or Jaden Daniels. Who's your best chance to win next year? Either one well, of those certainly. Two or yeah. Derek Carr. No, yeah, it's and definitely look, Carr. And, you yeah. know, like, and I wrote this for Crescent City Sports, and I really believe this. If it doesn't yeah. go well, everybody's fired. If it does yeah. go extremely well, Kubiak might be a head coach somewhere. Just, so, just not here. Just not no, here. No, but 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 it's a, it's, you know, a, it's a it's a one year deal. And look, but give Dennis yeah. Allen a lot of credit. I mean, he went out and hired a guy that he thinks is going to uh, make their offense so much more effective. And I don't know if you saw the interview he did uh, with with Steve Weich uh, from NFL Network oh. and his partner this week on the NFL Report. Uh, mm-hmm. Steve no. does a great job, and he interviewed uh, Dennis mm-hmm. Allen, and Dennis Allen talked glowingly about the changes that they're going to make on offense. Now, that remains to be seen. But the one thing I will say is that one thing that Dennis Allen said that a lot of people were kind of waiting to hear about was this. He has a system, and we have to get players who play in that system. So if that's the case, and I'm a fullback or a tight end, I really like that. Don't you, Kenny? Yes, because the fullback is a prominent part of the San Francisco offense. Obviously, with Juszczyk, tight end is, of course, incredibly important. And they go with a lot of 11 personnel in San Francisco with the two tight ends. So I would would absolutely, that would open my eyes completely if I was, you know, a fullback or tight end on the Saints roster or a prospective fullback. Yeah, I mean, if you look at at that offense – Two of the guys mm-hmm. who have flourished tremendously, they're both very good mm-hmm. players. But Kyle Juszczyk and, and, uh, oh, and yeah. the tight end. Oh, yeah. uh, oh, George Kittle. George Kittle oh, yeah. from Iowa. Oh, yeah. They have both um, blossomed in that offense. So if I, if I am a tight end or a fullback, yeah. you, know, I, you know, look, I'm not saying the Saints are going to draft the fullback, but, you know, late in the draft they may take a flyer on one, and they'll certainly – in the street free agency part of it, when the draft is over, I think they'll be bringing in one or two guys to try out in that position. I know they have Adam Prentice. I think he's still on the roster. But, you know, they might be looking for a, a weapon at fullback, which would be a real change in the way the Saints do things. They, 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 broke, mm-hmm. they broke down right. the, motion that, the, the motion that Shanahan brings, that Kubiak, the motion he's going to bring. How, how much it affects the eyes of the defense? Well, it does. It does. Motion. And you know, you, sure know when motion's, you know when motion's really important, too, is in the red zone. Mm. Okay? Because yeah. you've got to get the defense on their heels a little bit because it's really hard to score in there. But if you would, the thing mm. that I'm, I'm most uh, excited mm. about, and again, you don't know how it all plays out, but the fact mm. is, you know, the, the 49ers were number one in the NFL in red zone TD percentage. 68%. Wow. And the Saints wow. were 18th at 53. So, I mean, you wow. know, look, that's, <laughs> wow. 
that, that's that's if, if the Saints if the Saints are in the 60s next year in red zone mm. TD percentage, then they're mm. going to win more games. That's a great nugget. I bet you not a lot of people know that. 60-something percent. That's incredible. 68. I mean, almost 70%. Yeah. You know, in the, NFL, in the NFL, with the, with the speed nugget. of the player on defense and mm. the number of great athletes on defense, to be mm. 68% is pretty darn good. We just we just need to hit in the draft. We need to hit early. No matter what we do, just we need to hit. You well, know. you know, here's, here's yeah. what I think the Saints are going to do. It's a, it's a this year situation. Is it right, Kenny? Yes, without a doubt. Okay. So I think that it wouldn't surprise me if they did what they did in 2011. They took one player, and then they turned around and tried to get back in the first round. That wouldn't shock me a bit. And, mm. you know, maybe, maybe they could get an offensive tackle and a skilled player in the first round. Wow. Unreal. Guys, thanks for y'all taking my call. Have a great okay, day, buddy. Thanks. As always, yeah, you got good it. to hear from you. Appreciate you. All right, Kurt. Thank you. 504-260-1061 to join in the conversation. So with the restructuring of Carr's contract, for all, you know, it certainly appears he'll be on the roster no matter what uh, moving forward in 2024 and 2025. Uh, that is what we see. Now, this is the second significant restructure that the franchise has done. Eric McCoy previously reworked his deal, uh, saving about $8 million, uh, against the cap. So... Car, the next step in that process. So he's working with the team in this particular situation. And, you know, we'll save the, the franchise 22 to 24 million in cap relief, it, it seems, at this particular point in time, with a portion of his current deal being converted into a signing bonus. So the moves being made, players being willing to do this, and these are just the beginning. There's going to be more restructures, uh, the annual moves that have to be made to get this team where they need to be. Uh, where the cap is concerned. So, again, uh, you know, credit to McCoy, credit to Carr, credit to Loomis to getting these things done. But there's going to be more uh, that meets the eye here. And pretty interesting. Michael Thomas is pretty quiet these days since the Saints hired Clint Kubiak, right? Well, you know what I think about that. It's time time to turn the page there. Yeah, get, and, a, you know, get out of here. I mean, yeah, right. and look, and, and here's, the, here's the thing. For a lot less money, A.T. Perry can do what he can do. Well, I think there's promise there. He's got to prove it, but certainly you see the ability that's there. So you got to like that. And, yeah, I think your point about fullback and tight end is correct about the others. Look, Adam Prentice yeah. is on the roster right now. No one would suggest that Prentice is Juszczyk. Juszczyk does everything well. You know, Prentice is decent. He's capable. But I don't know that he's yeah. that. But maybe, I mean, maybe it enhances his status. Or maybe they go out yeah. and get somebody there. And then with tight end, you've got two. You've got Jawan Johnson and Foster Morrow. So, you know, right. may, maybe you go out and get somebody there, too. Yeah, and look, I, you know, if you look at fullbacks, one of the guys that I think LSU fans will remember because he ran ran free down the sideline against them in that Florida State game is a guy like Jaheim Bell. I mean, he's a, mm-hmm. he's a very, very talented pass catcher. He can run. I mean, a guy like that in the Saints offense could really, really help you. And, you know, but it, I, I just think that if, if it's not a position that's addressed in the draft, it might be addressed in free agency. You know, I, I haven't I haven't looked at the free agent fullbacks to see who's out there. But if I am a free agent fullback, then and and I have a chance to come here, then I would have to consider it, you know, considerably because I think yeah I think this is going to be a really good spot for a guy who plays fullback. Agreed. I think fullback becomes a prominent position. 
uh, more prominent, I should say, not prominent, and tight end obviously becomes a focal point. We all know what, what Carr had in, in with the Raiders, with Waller, and how dependent he was on him. And we saw the evidence of what that might be toward the end of the season when Juwan Johnson got healthy and played well over the last month and became a primary focus of the yeah, and, offense. And, and, and coincidentally, Carr had his best month and was really good. Yeah, and I mean, look, you, you and I think, I think the motion will help a guy like Chris Olave. You know, get off of jams and stuff like that. I think that's that that's something uh, that will help him. You know, Chris Olave had a good year this year. He improved on his on his totals, but you want to see him be a breakout guy. And uh, you know, maybe he's got a situation going on where they run the ball well enough, where you know, all of a sudden they're a uh, they're a team that can that can you know, like like Brock Purdy does, play action fake put his foot yeah. in the ground and get rid of it. And I think, you know, I, I'll be very, I'll be very curious to see what it all looks like. And we'll see a little bit of it in the, uh, in the preseason, but let's, let's be honest, uh, Kenny, we won't, we won't really know until September. Nope. Again, it's all static. New staff, basically. Uh, Clint Kubiak, most prominent amongst the hires. And again, what transpires from here is going to be interesting. It all starts with what happens with the draft. Combine coming up next week. And, of course, the Saints will have close eyes on that workout situation as well. Glad you're with us this morning. It's 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061. When we return, we'll talk about the draft, among other things, as we continue with your calls here on the Three Tailgaters Show on Nash Icon 1061 FM. We're on the web at Nash FM 1061 Broadcasting from the Dudley DeBosier Injury Lawyer Studio. Call 444-4444. That's 444-4444. Non-attorney spokesperson, Chad Dudley, New Orleans. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GARAGE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GARAGE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GARAGE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. When the final horn blows at the Allstate Sugar Bowl, the action is just beginning as another jam-packed year of Sugar Bowl activity lies just ahead. With over 55 annual events, including all Louisiana High School State Championships, the Sugar Bowl support of amateur athletics adds up to big fun and big dollars for our economy. From the Crescent City Classic to lacrosse, sailing, basketball, and more, the Sugar Bowl has something for most everyone. For more on the great things the Sugar Bowl is doing, log on to AllstateSugarBowl.org. Sponsored by Allstate, Taco Bell, and Dr. Pepper. 
With over 15 acres of cars and trucks at the Lamarck Automotive Complex, there must be a reason. Buying a new car shouldn't be complicated. That's why our expert staff is here to help. I've been selling new Ford cars and trucks since 1970. It's over 50 years. Wow, there must be a reason. With your lifestyle and budget in mind, our finance team works hard to be the best in the business. Only at Lamarck Ford, at the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. Many times during these last few years, it's been quite easy for all of us to be discouraged at times. <laughs> Boy, I can tell you about that. But one thing I have learned, there is an answer that will keep us strong during trying times. This is Michael Green with a LifeGate word of encouragement. In one of the parables, Jesus tells the story of a seed that was planted into soil. And he said, and immediately the evil one came to steal that seed. Well, as you read it a little bit further, you realize the seed is the word of the Lord. Hebrews 4 tells us the word of the Lord is quick, powerful, and sharp. That's the key. That's the secret. And during these trying times, I don't see how we can survive without the word of the Lord in our hearts. Protect the word. Read the word. Stay in the word. That will keep you strong. Join me and Linda this Sunday at LifeGate. We start at 10 o'clock. We're at 1317 Butternut Avenue in Metairie. Or check us out on Facebook, LifeGate Church Ministries. Join us at LifeGate, where the priority is the word. If you want to be treated right, you go to Bergeron. Bergeron will give you the best deal. You just know you can trust these people. They're from here. They get me. You know, buying a car doesn't have to be a scary experience. It's anything but a Bergeron. Everybody knows that. Everybody. I grew up with a Bergeron. I went to school with a Bergeron. This is the fourth car I've bought from here. That makes me a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a bourgeois. Get out of here. I'm a Bergeron. Everybody knows a Bergeron. Bergeron Automotive on Veterans in Metairie. Car crash? Demand Dudley DeBosier. Listen, if a pipe bursts in your house, you're calling a plumber, right? If the check engine light on your car stays on, you're calling a mechanic. You know when it's time to call on a pro. Why should it be any different after a car wreck? We're Dudley DeBosier. If you've been injured, make us your first call. We'll go after the compensation that can make a difference in your life. Your Chad Dudley Baton Rouge. Prior results do not guarantee similar outcome. Paid Jingle Singer. LA2416580. Don't be shy. Join in the conversation with Ken and Ed on the Three Tailgater Show on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com. Call now, 504 260 1061. Ken and Ed with you on this. Saturday morning, so glad you're taking time to join us. Again, it's 504-260-1061 to join in the conversation. Ed, the more we see the mock drafts, the more we see that the top three guys are going to be the three quarterbacks. Even though some people have Marvin Harrison, for instance, rated higher than the quarterbacks and so forth, but the mock drafts almost seem to be in agreement that the top three are going to be the quarterbacks. Caleb Williams, uh, Jaden Daniels, and, and May. But maybe the order could be interesting. I think the consensus number one is Williams, based on what we're looking at. Uh, i got to believe that's going to be what happens unless something dramatic transpires. The question is, will Daniels be two or will May be two? But right now, it's looking like the top three will be the three quarterbacks. Well, sure. I mean, look, those are the guys who can change your franchise. You know, nothing against Marvin Harrison Jr. He's a tremendous player. So is Malik Neighbors. But 
if you need a quarterback, are you are you not going to take one of those guys? And look, I wouldn't rule out some kind of trade from somebody trying to move up and get one of those guys. Yeah, I don't uh, think that's you know, going to happen. <laughs> you know, is it, would the Giants try to move up a few spots and get Jaden Daniels? I don't know. I mean, they signed Daniel Jones to a big contract, but then he got hurt last year. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, you know, those are the decisions that um, that shape a franchise. But I'm, I'm not surprised by that at all, Kenny. Um, you know, I thought it was interesting that Justin Fields is on, was on some podcast complaining about the fact that he doesn't know what's happening right now with his future in Chicago. Well, right. look, the Bears are not going to say one way or the other whether they're keeping him or not. Of because, course not. Because you know that – that up until the draft, they might even get on the clock. They're going to field offers from other teams. I mean, you know, look, you know, I know, I think Jared Goff was a three first round guy. Was that right? Was he a three first round picks when when the Rams traded up to get him? So I believe you know, that's accurate, but I have to you, look it up. You you don't know. You don't know what happens if some if the Bears get on the clock and some team calls and says, "Look." I'm going to make you an offer that you cannot refuse. Well, then all of a sudden, Justin Fields is the Bears quarterback. Now, do I think that's going to happen? No. But is that a possibility? Yes. That's why if I'm the Bears, I'm not saying anything. Keep your options open. Not to mention they've had staff changes. So how one staff looks at a player compared to another is completely different. That's similar to the Saints scenario. You know, how you were viewed by Pete Carmichael and company as compared to how you feel by Clint Kubiak and company is a totally different animal. You, right. You and also, differently, and your system is different. Yeah, and also, though, look, if, if you think Caleb Williams is the guy that can win for your franchise for the next 10 or 15 years, then you're probably not trading anyhow. But they traded last year. And, boy, that trade turned out to be a great trade for them with Carolina, to get all the picks that they got and to get D.J. Moore. That turned out to be a fantastic trade. I don't think they're going to do that again, but you Mm -hmm. have to at least listen. That's why you can't say anything right now. I don't. No, and different teams will view players differently, too. Fields is an interesting dynamic. There's physical ability there. There's no doubt about that. There's uh, escapability and extending of plays there. There's no doubt, but there's also – consistency or lack thereof and accuracy of throws down the field. How much of that is attributed to the lack of talent in Chicago, to the system, to being hurt, all of that. All of that. You don't know. Uh, but again, teams are going to view him differently. There's no doubt. All it takes is one, though, to be enamored with you. And wherever he ends up, it's but going all, to be a domino. It's going to be a domino effect one way or the but other. All, yeah, but also, too, Kenny, you know, he's also playing in Chicago. And they don't have a reputation as a very solid franchise. No. You know, if he had come to New Orleans after Drew Brees had retired, I frankly think he would have had more success because he would have been with a franchise that is steady and doesn't overreact. And the Bears have been through so many coaches and so many general managers, and frankly their ownership situation is not the best. I think that's a hard thing for a rookie quarterback, no matter how talented he is, to overcome. It puts you in a bit of a box. All right, so right now, again, you're looking at all the mock drafts with regard to 14 in the draft. We're seeing all kinds of stuff there, Ed. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of different directions where the Saints are concerned. I've even seen 
I've even seen one had a quarterback. I don't think that's going to happen. But most of them have an offensive tackle. One had a wide receiver. Another had a tight end in Bowers. So I've seen a lot of different things out there where this pick is concerned. The deeper you get in the draft, the harder it is to project. So you put that out there, first of all. But, you know, right now, I'll say it again, I do think that if they stay at 14, most likely it's going to be an offensive tackle because of the great depth at that position. Even 14th, they can get a really good player at that position based upon the depth of the position. It's not a guarantee that they're going there, but if they stay at 14, I think that that remains the most likely scenario. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, look, but what if Brock Bowers is there? And I don't think he's going to be there at 14. But what what if the Saints don't trade up and Bowers is there? You know, based on the success that, uh, that you know, you've had with this coordinator and the tight end position, uh, I think it's something you'd have to consider, don't you? Yeah, I, I mean, I think they would consider it because of the offense. Sure. Right. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the guy's name that's popping up, slightly more than any other, is a guy we've seen quite a bit. And that's J.C. Latham of Alabama. He's the giant guy. I mean, if people, if you've watched Alabama games, he's kind of hard to miss. He's gigantic. Okay? Well, so he is. Question- he is, but again, it all, it all depends on this. You know, what do you value as an offensive lineman? Do you take a little more of a quicker guy who is um, – Maybe not as big as him. I don't know. Trent Williams is a massive human being, and and San Francisco has him. I think that's maybe probably a little more important for guards and centers. But if you're a zone-blocking run scheme, you don't need the giant offensive lineman like you do in some other schemes. Am I right? No, you don't. But if a guy can move despite being that big, uh, and he does move better than people would think for his size, uh, and, he, and he's just, he, he's a load. He's physically gifted. Now, some would say they went that way with their previous pat tackle pick, and that didn't work out too well with uh, Penning going for a big physical guy. So maybe there's that. But, again, it's a different set of eyes on you now. So there's also that. You know, well, I think Trevor Penning's going to be a guard, don't you? I, I would think that's going to be the case. I don't know that, but I would think that's going to be the case. Look, Joe Alt is probably going to be gone, you know, from Notre Dame. Uh, he's a guy that has flexibility, and he's tall. You know, Fashanu of Penn State is another guy uh, that likely is gone by the time the Saints get there. The Oregon State tackle, Fawaga, there's a possibility uh, that he would be there, but most projections have him going slightly earlier. You know, uh, Amarius Mims of Georgia, we've seen him too previously. And, you know, he's he's pretty athletic, so there's another Tackle to look for. So at least some of the names that are being looked at. And I think with your point, you've talked about Bowers for weeks. I think it becomes uh, an interesting discussion now and maybe at least a possibility uh, if he's still there at 14, which is questionable if not doubtful, that the Saints would pick him because of the system that we spoke about earlier and the fact that they really like tight ends and what Kubiak likes to do. So I think all of that is applicable. And, yes, I think now because of the system, there's, there's at least that possibility existing. Well, I mean, the guy's, the guy's so good yards after the catch, Kenny. I mean, look, 
on offense, what are you looking for? You're looking for guys that the other team always has to account for. And if you draft him, he's a guy that is a matchup nightmare. He's too big for defensive backs, and he's too quick for linebackers. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's, that's the kind of guy that you're looking for. Yep. No question about it. i uh, give, give you a little two-minute warning here, too, Ed. I'm going to have to get off here in a couple of minutes from my Delgado broadcast, which is at noon here with uh, Southwest Mississippi Community College because lineups are being exchanged at home plate right now. So uh, about two or three minutes from now, I'll take my leave, and then we'll have our final break, and then you'll have about two, two and a half minutes coming back, and you can promote what you got coming up on WGNO at that point just to close out things too. But, but again, I think at this point, if the Saints stay at 14, and that's an if, uh, I do think that tackles most likely. Now the other thought process, Ed, is because it's a good tackle draft, that if you do like Bowers and he's there at 14, you take him, or if he's still there at 12, you trade up and you try to keep that second-round pick and use that second-round pick uh, for value. Look, the Saints could end up with just you know, a shorter list of draft picks. They're going to get compensation picks. But they've only got, you know, like five right now on the board that they can pick. Wouldn't surprise me that they reduce that number. They typically do that. Yeah, well, also, too, look, they can, they can reach, reach into next year's collection, which they've done on many occasions. They've done that as well, and they kick, kick it down the road. So, yep, that's also a possibility, too. Uh, and I think uh, you have to take a serious look at all possibilities, and that's, that's one that certainly is – is in the mix there. By the way, I want to mention the Pelicans today. Uh, just to give you an idea about injuries, they've recalled guard Jalen Crutcher and forward E.J. Liddell from the Birmingham squadron. And guard forward Malcolm Hill and guard Darian Sebron have been transferred from Birmingham to New Orleans. That's a lot of moves uh, for the Pelicans to recall players, Ed. That tells me that they're concerned about McCollum. That tells well, me that they're still concerned about Ingram. Sure. Well, I mean, look, that's that's what we saw last night. It was unfortunate what happened to C.J. McCollum. Hopefully it's not a, a long-term injury, but he could miss a couple of games. He could miss tomorrow, could miss Tuesday. You know, you don't know what the, what the situation yep. is. But, yep. you know, we, we talked about the fact that they it's so helping, but yep. you know, hopefully, hopefully that, that song is not being sung again. Right there with you, buddy. I, I hope, in fact, that that's also true. Uh, we have – Lineup's taking the field here, so I'm going to take my leave. We're going to go to break here. Ed's going to finish it off for the last two, two and a half minutes or so. As we continue on, it's 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061. If you'd like to join in the conversation, we'd love to hear from you. And, again, I'll be taking my leave. Join us for Delgado Baseball here at noon. Delgado, Southwest Mississippi Community College, live at DelgadoAthletics.com. Watch it there. This final timeout, Ed returns with some final words in just a moment here on the 3 Tailgater Show on Nash Icon 106.1 FM and at NashFM1061.com. Top service, locally owned, outstanding deals, conveniently located, professionals motivated to sell where the customer comes first. That describes the experience at Premier Automotive Group, where you'll find the best prices anywhere on Toyota, Honda, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Kia. Premier Automotive offers a warranty for life on its vehicles and a money-back guarantee. Visit my friend Troy Duhon at one of his outstanding dealerships, Toyota of New Orleans, Premier Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Fiat, and Premier Honda in New Orleans, Premier Nissan in Metairie, and Premier Kia in Kenner. 
When the final horn blows at the All-State Sugar Bowl, the action is just beginning as another jam-packed year of Sugar Bowl activity lies just ahead. With over 55 annual events, including all Louisiana high school state championships, the Sugar Bowl's support of amateur athletics adds up to big fun and big dollars for our economy. From the Crescent City Classic to lacrosse, sailing, basketball, and more, the Sugar Bowl has something for most everyone. For more on the great things the Sugar Bowl is doing, log on to AllStateSugarBowl.org. Sponsored by Allstate, Taco Bell, and Dr. Pepper. If you want to be treated right, you go to Bergeron. Bergeron will give you the best deal. You just know you can trust these people. They're from here. They get me. You know, buying a car doesn't have to be a scary experience. It's anything but a Bergeron. Everybody knows that. Everybody. I grew up with a Bergeron. I went to school with a Bergeron. This is the fourth car I've bought from here. That makes me a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a Bergeron. I'm a bourgeois. Get out of here. I'm a Bergeron. Everybody knows a Bergeron. Bergeron Automotive on Veterans in Metairie. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, three hundred dollars You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code LANE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code LANE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code LANE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. We're winding down on the Three Tailgaters Show at 504-260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan and Ed Daniels. Ed Daniels with you. We're here 52 weeks a year here on Nash Icon 106.1. One of the things that I wanted to mention before we say goodbye today is that I run into people all the time who tell us that they listen to the show on Saturday and they enjoy it. And we really appreciate that. We appreciate your loyalty. And the fact that you listen to the show is fantastic. And I, I think I speak to Kenny when I say that we're, we're all grateful for the fact that, that you're with us on Saturday mornings because we really enjoy it. The one thing I would say, though, is that why not call in? Call in and, and, and join us. You hear the number, and we'd love to get your opinion. All our opinions are, by all our listeners are valued, and you make the show better on Saturday morning. So don't forget to call us and uh, – and talk with us on a Saturday morning. And again, you know, we've been doing this for 30 years on Saturday mornings. And Kenny and I uh, certainly appreciate uh, your support and your kind words. And I just wanted to pass that along to all of our listeners. A couple of programming reminders. The um, Friday night sports show that we run on NOLA 38 and 11, WGNO at midnight. We have one more week of that. And then we'll take a break and then Friday night Fastball, presented by Delgado Community College. Step Closer to 6 to Unstoppable starts on Friday, April 5th, and we'll be with you through the, the meat of the high school baseball season, the high school softball season, as we, uh, we count down to May and the state championships in baseball and softball. So we're certainly looking forward to that. Again, April 5th, Coach Joe Sherman will join me. 
Friday night fastball presented by Delgado Community College. And then, of course, in the fall, SEC football comes to ABC and WGNO. And we're looking forward to it immensely. And it'll start on that Sunday night for us when LSU takes on USC in Las Vegas. So we're looking forward to that. And I don't know if you saw this comment or not, but the first time that we've heard publicly from the former offensive coordinator at LSU, Mike Denbrock, who was back at Notre Dame in the same role, he spoke to reporters yesterday. And basically what he said was is that uh, Brian Kelly was not very happy with him because he decided to move on, but that it was nothing against LSU. He just loved being at Notre Dame. So, you know, Mike Denbrock did an incredible job for LSU. And uh, we should thank him for that. But I thought it was an interesting comment uh, by Mike Denbrock as he spoke to the Notre Dame media on Friday in South Bend. So LSU has new coordinators, Joe Sloan and Cortez Hankin are the co-coordinators. And, of course, those guys will be under a lot of scrutiny.